it's Star Wars. Three dudes talking Star Wars. It's just their thing. Star Wars. Just talking Star Wars. From episode one wars. And everything else. And hey, how about Jar Jar Binks? Forget about old boss Nass. We'll cover some cool creatures too Like Jawas and Twi'leks and those nasty uts Star Wars, we're talking about Star Wars Join us for some fun wars Let us We missed last week here on Podracers, a Star Wars podcast, because I was sick as a dog. Well, now we're back. I'm feeling better. And uh, we got lots to cover. Lots of Star Wars news. Heels just going nuts here, posting all sorts of stuff on our Discord channel. It was not Corona, folks. We we demanded he be tested. I did get tested. He did. I did. It was negative. I don't have the Corona. I did have a Corona this weekend, though. (laughs) No. But uh, no, it was uh, it was not Corona. I just caught the flu. That's all it was. Anyway, um, lots of news to talk about Star Wars wise because well, that's what we do here. Um, Alan popping down some uh, some news for us. This uh, I guess rumored Palpatine Jedi movie. I don't know, guys. What do you think about this? We we've all heard the backlash from Star Wars fans, and I'm not going to say all of them, but I think a majority of them. When Palpatine was named as the villain for Episode Nine, lots of people are like, "Why? Why? 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 Why?" Now I we're gonna this get is terrible. Now we're gonna get a Palpatine movie when he was younger. Yeah, I think this is terrible. The only way that it could ever possibly redeem itself, in my opinion, at least what that article was talking about, it being a Palpatine's kind of rise in his politics, not his rise in the dark side or his introduction to Plagueis, right? <laughs> Alan's just uh, chopping for some more politics. And uh, I, I don't think we need I to see wait this to see story. A young politician working up the, yeah, I don't think we need to see the story with uh, Palpatine. You know, I think the only way that they could show something to me of Palpatine that I would like to see right now is if they kept the sequel trilogy as complete canon and threw in something that could maybe slide the Emperor into Episode Nine in some kind of way. Yeah. Like I could go. That I would be go the with... only way I would like to see something Palpatine related. Plague story. Yeah. And some sort of huge kind of thing with cloning. That yeah, he's just exactly. he's dead set on cloning. Yeah. But establish pro- establish that for us. The biggest problem with that though is then you would have th- see. But here's the problem with him. We've talked about this before with the movies happening in the seventies and the eighties and. Now we jump to the 90s and the, the prequel trilogies happening and now we're into the 2010s and the sequel trilogies and all this kind of stuff. There's so much jumping around and trying to fill in storyline. If if we're going to sit there and say that Palpatine is like just absolutely obsessed with cloning because he wants to make sure that he can live forever. Well, why would you get rid of the clones first off as far as troopers heading into the Empire stage and replace them with idiots who can't hit the broadside of a barn. Like, now you've set that up. That's bad. 
Yeah, I've, I've never really... So the trooper, the clone troopers from the Clone War, they just age really rapidly and they kind of die quickly? Is that what happens well, to them? Yes and no, because we or have... Or do they get conscripted into the new Galactic Army and then just kind of Well, no, they, they were taken out of... They were kind of retired, as far as that goes. And Where then they, they go? I don't, I don't Is know. Is there That's... like a planet of like a million clones? Because that would be <laughs> awesome. That would be awesome. And that, that would, would be a story cool. I'd like to see. That would be a story I'd like to see. But like with Rex, we've got canon knowledge that he was at the Battle of Endor. So he's alive. Cody in the Kenobi show. Right. And so, so we'll see what happens to him maybe after the Clone Wars as well. I hear he's got a real sad ending. Cody? Yeah. Probably. Like just most of the clones do. Sad. The only yeah, the only real one that has anything good going on is Rex. Yeah. All because of Ahsoka. Oh, that that friendship is so nice. Are you guys excited for Ahsoka coming live action? I can't wait. Heels, how do you feel about that? Because uh, you're you're yeah, less Clone Wars than us. Clone Wars the first time, not as nearly as invested as you guys are in, in Ahsoka the character yet, but anytime. There's synergies between the cartoons and the movies. I'm all for it. You know, yeah. even the slight nods in Rogue, uh, Rogue, uh, Rogue One, and uh, you know, yeah. at the end of Rise of the Skywalker, as terrible as that movie was, you know, I appreciate the, those little nods that they give. That's true. That's true, and I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, another nice little piece of info uh, coming heels his way. And I like we all heard about this interview that Kathleen Kennedy did, um, where she talks about Disney kind of taking a step back because they want to reassess the franchise as it moves forward. Now, there's been so much news come out since Episode Nine dropped, everything that's gone on, and of course COVID coming in, and then we just get this influx of all this new information and all this. Well, she said in an interview with The Wrap that stories have been told within this universe over the last 40-odd years, and there's now the realization that this is a mythology that actually spans about 25,000 years. So, for somebody that is in charge of Star Wars, A, she's got it wrong, um, this is not new knowledge, and B, it's more than 25,000 years. 25,000 years is about the time of the Jedi. So, that's... I don't know if you're if you're in an interview and you're saying that stuff. That's not good, especially if you're running Star Wars. Yeah, you got to know the backstory, man. If you're gonna make a movie, God like damn. It, to be fair to Kathleen, I don't really like to defend her unless I completely have to. Um, but I think this is really taken out of context. I think this is her just saying, "Hey, by the way, there is twenty five thousand years of history to work with. Maybe we should just focus on one time period, which is the Skywalkers, which is true." Right, what you're going to see with the next few movies are hopefully films that are completely disconnected from the Star or the Skywalker trilogy and the Skywalker family. I uh, agree. It looks like they're going right back to the well again with Emperor Palpatine. So I'm gra- <laughs> guessing you're going to be uh, great great grandfather Pioki Skywalker or something like that, and he'll be a space cowboy or of some sort. And uh, <laughs> not, but you know what's funny about that? Okay, so he'll be, he'll be Shmi's granddad or something like that. Shmi! Every time I hear Shmi, I always think Hook. Um, See, the thing, the thing with this is when they came out and they decided, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make a a line of books and a line of comics and all that kind of stuff, and we're gonna go to the height 
of the Republic, right? The High Republic era. And it's only 250 years. Like, before the Skywalker saga. That's, like, who came up with that idea within Lucasfilms and within Star Wars and thought, that's the direction we should go? Like, why not a thousand years? Like, why not 3,000 years before? Why are you going just 200? Like, Yoda is still a major player at this point. And at the probably at the very height of his yeah, power. Yeah, prime. He's probably just prime. So you've got all of this knowledge that we have now about the, the um, I guess, the prophecy of the Force and all this kind of stuff, whether it's the Chosen One or other prophecies that the, the uh, ancient Jedi had. This is still, like, it's still, to me, kind of tied to the Skywalker saga. In a way. You, you don't even have to mention Skywalker at all. But you've got Yoda, you've got probably Yaddle in there, and they're messing around, having fun, and, and baby Yoda comes, I don't know, maybe maybe Yoda's species is impregnated for 200 years, who knows. But, yeah, like, the it's... child's 50 or something. Yeah, right? like, it's, so. <laughs> it's crazy to me that this is the direction that they... And I'm interested to see it, but, like, there's nobody else with some sort of creativity within Star Wars. It was like, ah, you know what? 250 years, I get it. High Republic, that's cool. We should probably go earlier. I think that might not be too bad because it could be a really interesting way of, like, we could have the setup of the Sith really starting to rise to power or we could have the setup of the Sith discovering, you know... uh Maybe it's Plagueis. Maybe Plagueis is a couple hundred years old by the time he meets. I don't know how old he is uh, in the yeah. novels, but you know, it could be we could be following Plagueis as he's you know coming to a rise in power, and he's not quite powerful enough to to um, I guess uh, reveal himself to the Jedi yet. So he's got to still remain in the shadows and do his research, and maybe that's when he figures out the secret to eternal life or something. Okay. Um, yeah, like I I know that there's stories to tell, and and I'm could excited. Be st- I'm, I am excited to see what they do come up with. I just, but yeah, I think they do uh, need to kind of a, either go the Skywalker era plus or minus thirty years or a generation or two, or yeah. go somewhere brand new and just do something completely new and unrelated and start your like, own thing. Let's see the like the beginnings of the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah, yeah, and you know I would love to see them do their own thing, not relating to the origins, because Disney seems to be in some kind of like freefall mode right now. Yeah, and like they could very well sell Star Wars if this continues to be unprofitable for them. Well, you um, know where that's gonna head. Well, I would hope Lucas would buy it back. Well, there's no, there's no chance anybody else would buy it. Like it's obviously gonna go back to Lucas. I would hope so. Yeah, he's so like I sure. would almost not want them to dip into the origins and the stuff of the Force for the near immediate future, yeah. just because. Let maybe, George tell that story. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you know, and and that way, like if they do another shitty trilogy of something and you know lucas film is sold to lucas again they can just be like yeah that's not canon by how sweet i say this knowing like i do enjoy pieces in in, in a lot of what the sequel did bring i, I do too they just we lag on it so much the ending they just yeah the well, ending. and they did such a shoddy job of being cohesive there was yeah. no story guys I, I know we rag on it but it, it, we rag on it with justification they created three completely disjointed films, the yes. third of which was god awful. And, you know, it deserves the criticism it gets. It was horribly made. 
right? At the end of the day, you feel disappointed in a Star Wars film. I like, like honestly, it was pulling teeth watching those films again. If I never saw them again, I'd be fine. Granted, there are probably small children who don't understand the complexities of plot that are fine with those movies. Put on them. We've created new new Star Wars fans. I, however, will never watch that again unless I'm sitting down with my kids. And even then, I'll probably be playing Nintendo Switch while it's on. <laughs> I love the hate flowing through you. Use it, heels. Use it. It's so bad. I like the thing to me is if it does go back to Lucas, how awesome would that be if you just went, ah, we're starting from the end of the prequels? Yeah, I don't know. The originals of the prequels. And here we go. Lucas, you're going to have the same problem that you have with the prequels. George Lucas no. is fine with laying out a story. He's not good at writing and directing. <laughs> you know what? And I think I think with him having Favreau and Filoni in his ear, I think he's I and th- this remains to be seen. I think he's understands that that's the case. So. See, that's the thing. If you have Filoni and you have Favreau, why do you need George Lucas? Favreau money. and Filoni are ten times the money. story writers. Yeah, and, yeah, money, monies, and- monies. Disney, like so, sure. the rumor, can, the news can, that I heard from Disney this week is that they're really uh, reeling from their Disney's first negative quarter. Well, I guess they're th- not really because this quarter was the first time Disney's seen a, a loss in apparently thirty years. Uh, that's crazy. I guess, they didn't I guess they're in panic mode. From they're, the they're not in panic mode. They just they didn't release anything. I mean, the, the logic is by not having tentpole films like. The live action Mulan would be released to theaters and the Black Widow. Uh, that was supposed to be a huge revenue generator in like, you know, the house on summer film film block. Right? They they lost their ten full films. They couldn't release them. So yep. naturally they're gonna lose money. And they're gonna be fine. Disney will not make a pan Disney is not known for making panic moves. They're not. I, I can't agree or disagree on that. I I, I mean they've been around forever. And they're yeah billion dollar company it's yeah, they, they've got money out the wazoo they, i they could see i could see with capital i could see disney at some point selling it if it if they can't do anything with it they can mandalorian is a massive hit yeah they have two or three more shows if yeah, they've done well so far or post-production but the problem with that heels is mandalorian was feloni and favreau Unless that's they go saying. forward and, and have him. Filoni and Fabru, that's the only way. And let them run with it. This is let the way. And they will be fine. And I think at this point, especially John Fabro, who has made a ton of money for Disney. Yeah. The last few years. You know, well, kicking off this Marvel MCU, uh, Lion King. Yep. Yep. You're right. He's, he's working on that new Jungle Cruise movie. He's a breadwinner for them. At some point, and I believe this is to be true, he is going to be in charge of the studio someday. Because and you hope so. And you hope so. And and so I, maybe, I was a big fan of his when he wrote this little independent little film called Swingers. Oh, <laughs> to see him play. become like the most bankable uh, asset in Hollywood is just it it it, it tickles the cockles, maybe even the subcockles. Yeah. Okay, Dennis Leary. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, uh, some other Star Wars news that uh, has come my way. Sims Four. We all love to uh, make make believe lives and live them because our lives are all terrible. Uh, it's getting an expansion pack. Batu is the planet. It's a Star Wars Sims Four expansion pack, lightsabers and all. 
It's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun. My daughter plays Sims 4. I told her about it, and she freaked out. She was like, when can I buy it? So that's on the way. Uh, Star Wars Lego, the Skywalker Saga. That is coming uh, in 2021. It's going to be the entire nine films. They've redone the original and the uh, prequels, added on to the sequels and redone those ones, and have, uh, I guess, fleshed out lines and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be, that'll, be, that'll be a big moneymaker as far as a video game goes for Star Wars. And, uh, yeah, so lots still on the way as far as uh, fun stuff coming for Star Wars. And, and well, of course... This week, I think, saw the release of the, the VR Vader game yeah. for the PlayStation. That was, I think that was last week. But, uh, yeah, it's, week? it's out, and I okay. wish I could play it. Yeah, me I too. wish I could play it, but I'm not it dropping. Sounds pretty cool. I'm not dropping 300 bucks on VR to play yeah, that. For I one th- game I, plus the game. Yep, I, I, cow. <laughs> I I hate it. Like I hate that that's the case. And you know what? I guarantee you, at some point in the future, that game will lose its VR status and just go to a regular game, just oh, like right. all the other games that they've done for VR with people refusing to drop an extra 300 bucks on a thing that they'll use for one or two games. Yep. Like, it's so dumb to me that that's what they did. But it looks really interesting. The story sounds great. I wish I could play it. Yeah, it's too bad. It seems so silly that, like, they would make such a really, like... It's a Vader story. I can't believe they put it in such a niche market. Do you know what I mean? Like, PlayStation 4 users who have VR. Those are the only people that can experience it. And how many of those people are Star Wars fans? Yeah, I mean... Like, it's it's such a small market. It's so strange. It's such a strange decision. Although, I think maybe maybe it's a a demo run, a pilot program for a future, more immersive Star Wars VR game on the PlayStation 5, maybe? Because that that VR, I bet you, on the PS5 is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, but it, once at the same time, figured it out properly. It, it better be a part of the PlayStation Five then, because yep. honestly, that's going to cost what five hundred, six hundred bucks, and then yeah, to add know. another two, three hundred bucks, like I, I'm not spending nine hundred dollars on a console. Yeah, I'll buy. I'll spend the extra six hundred bucks and buy a gaming computer. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's get into it. Episodes one oh nine. Oh, we. I have more oh, news too oh. about the Kenobi show. Go on, Just my friend. Just a little oh, bit of news about uh, how they're going to show Anakin, and it's oh, apparently yes. just through flashbacks of him in the Clone Wars. I don't see how so, any other way they could do it. No, I don't either. I would have actually kind of maybe been interested in seeing Anakin pre-Episode Two, like when he actually like a younger. Did, yeah, when he considers leaving the Jedi Order, because there's a couple times before Episode 2 where he he yep. was seriously considering leaving the Order. I would love to see that, actually. Maybe that even be- more than the Clone Wars, because I've watched the Clone Wars, you know? They have to show me something brand new that I haven't seen in the Clone Wars. Well, and I think, I think, to me, the, the way that they have to go with it is, if they're doing these flashbacks, it can't be to, like, battles and things like that. Because we've seen that, right? We need yep. to see story where Anakin is pushing the dark side a little bit and maybe Obi-Wan sees it and ignores it. And to him, it's a a guilty thing, right? Like he's having these flashbacks and he's going, man, how did I not see this? Why didn't I act on this? Maybe things could have been different. Yeah. And and more more hit onto Obi-Wan's character, showing us 
the distress that he's in now that he's on Tatooine and, and there overlooking Luke. Yeah. I'd also like to see flashbacks for Obi-Wan um, reporting the to the council, reporting to oh, the yeah. council on on Anakin's development. Yeah. I would like to see why Mace doesn't really trust him. That'd you know be what I mean? Because yeah. he's been told, Obi-Wan always tells everybody, all the council members, everything that's going on, right? Yep. And he's very manipulative and very, like, you know, he's kind of like a, a bit of a manipulator, a card player, mastermind, you know, and he just kind of yep. pushes things. So I would like to see some more of that maybe in the show, too. I'd like to see more touch on Satine mm-hmm. as as a story as well, because yeah. I think that's that's a big piece of Obi-Wan, because yeah. we, we hear it in the Clone Wars, he would have left the order for her. And which, that would be pre-Episode 2. Yeah, and so for, for us to hear that from Obi-Wan, and it was so off the cuff mm-hmm. in, in, in the story, right? Like, it just, it was like, I would have left the order for you. Yeah. And then they, they just leave it at that. And, and, like, I know, the first time I saw that, I was like, what? Yeah, Obi-Wan like it, being tempted like, from the it Jedi blew Order. blew my mind. I couldn't yeah. believe it. So I'd love to see more story on Satine. I thought she was a great character, too. Yeah, I liked her, and, too. Like, there's... this Mandalorian. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, that yeah, that'd be really cool to see more of that. And and then, I like, above all, when it comes to an Obi-Wan show, as limited as it is going to be, because we're, we're getting, like, six to eight episodes, something like that, we need to see a tortured Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And at the end of it, we need to see um, a confident, um, like somebody that's broken through the chains that are holding him on Tatooine. Because from where he is there to where he is in Rebels, when he confronts Maul, he's, that is, that is prime Obi-Wan right there. Like, he is at the height of his force powers at that point. So we know Obi-Wan is strong during a stay on Tatooine. So I want to see, I want to see all the little, the little stuff that kind of eats him up and how he fights through that and how he breaks through it. Any other news for you guys? No, I mean, again, going back to the Obi-Wan show, that, that's probably the, the show that I'm most anticipating. Which one? The Disney Plus subscription one? I have. The Obi-Wan show. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's 100% on my phobia because I've always felt you and McGregor was a fantastic Obi-Wan who was styled with a horrendous script. And now we get the opportunity to him be unshackled by the bounds of George Lucas's lack of creativity and, and dialogue. And hopefully it, it amounts to something fantastic in the, in the uh, same vein as The Mandalorian. I have a ton of faith in Deborah Cho. And her ability to put together a, a good show here for this. Like, her work okay. on The Mandalorian was awesome. So, we still haven't I, gotten a trailer for that show yet. There's news. Yeah. It's like yeah. a month and a half away or whatever, right? And we still Is haven't even gotten the release trailer. For which trailer season yet? two or for Obi Wan? Yeah, for season two. Yeah, because Obi Wan's coming out next year, right? Like, first I quarter. So. I think so. I don't. I don't know. I haven't actually seen. I need like one of those Marvel Cinematic Universe graphs where everything's coming out. Everything. All I know, all I know is there's like freaking fifteen things coming out. But for all I know, they could be spread out over ten years. They could be spread over two. Like, hmm. yeah, who knows? It'd be nice. Yeah, that, it'd be nice for a bit of a timeline. I think actually. I think Disney. You're right. Get on that. 
I can't believe season two is right around the corner. Yeah, temper our expectations like, here on what's coming when. Like they've got us all hyped up on all these shows, but like, what the fuck? Like, sorry, but like, are they gonna, you know, not make any more announcements for the next seven years because they've already announced thirty different Star Wars projects? Like, what the heck? Just gonna be hush hush on it and just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, Obi Wan's out. Oh, okay, cool. But uh, yeah, no, it's it'll be interesting. I would love to see a graph and see, and see what's coming up. But oh yeah, Mandalorian in like a month, month and a half. Let's go. I think they're trying to not show the trailer just because there's going to be some stuff given away. Don't, I don't. I don't. Know. I don't need to see a trailer for it. Just show me a picture right. of Ahsoka's face. That's it, and I'm good to go. Yeah. I've actually heard a lot of the, a really a lot of the stuff they've been doing now is actually filming scenes, not even appearing in the show for trailers, just because they know too many. I bands. love it pull apart and and they put their little youtube videos together of what we can expect and they break down the whole movie based on these obscure details in the background because they're such turbo savants of the world right so i i I would even be okay if they just did that just give me some shots of ahsoka with the lightsaber and the child doing a force push and mandalorian looking badass and that's all i need to see exactly i agree 100 percent yeah move forward and let's go <laughs> yeah all right let's move forward and let's go um episodes 109 to 118 clone wars um some awesome stuff in here and we also picked up the last three episodes of season one which of course is the ryloth um arc which is really like i forgot how good those three episodes are well it even ties into earlier episodes with the right. jedi master that gets killed so it's more of like a four episode arc right it is yeah because and yeah. we could have we could have done because they said that stage episode. earlier uh-huh. in those previous i'm surprised actually when they did the clone wars episode order they didn't put that in there now because now think, i didn't i think the reason why they did that is because they were establishing what was happening on Rideloth. so mm-hmm. his death happens way before we get to this stage where the Republic mm-hmm. is starting to make their push back into Ryloth. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's, I think that is what they were looking for in there, but yeah, you're right. It could have easily been a four episode arc, which is crazy because it's a two hour movie then. Yeah. Like borderline. Right. So, yeah. um, one of my favorite things about this show and what they've done, especially with Ahsoka Tano is how they've teamed her up with so many different Jedi. Whether it's Anakin, Obi-Wan, um, Plo Koon, especially because he's who brought her into the Jedi Order, and Luminara, who we get right off the hop. Um, Jira? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. And that's in this ser- this, this series of uh, shows, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see Luminara experience Ahsoka for the first time and her under Anakin's training. And what she thinks about that, right? Because yep. you always hear about how hot-headed Anakin is. So is Ahsoka. But, and we've mentioned this before, Ahsoka is what Anakin should have been. Kind of in a way, right? Like, Anakin goes one way with his talents in the Force. Ahsoka goes the right way. She's got the morality that allows her to not get tempted to the dark side of the Force. Uh-huh. which is which is huge right even though we do see her at at points here coming up in the seasons where she is dark side but it's only because of influence from outside that that happens it's not her doing so it's cool that luminara mentions like who like is this how master skywalker trains you yeah kind of thing and she's like appalled by it 
which I thought was kind of cool. So we get to see them team up. We also get and she even eventually she's like, okay, well I can see why this right. Yes, this exactly. It saved my life. <laughs> and she, she's like, okay, maybe Anakin's training and maybe the way Anakin does things, maybe, maybe it's not so crazy and maybe the masters. Maybe they're mistaken in some things there. And we see a lot of that too, right? Like a lot of the Jedi Masters that we come across, there's maybe pushback against the Council. A little bit. A little bit. With some things. Like especially Kit Fisto. We get to yeah. see his we get to see his episode where he teams up with um Nadar Veeb. Oh yeah. Who's like just he's just a dick of a Jedi. <laughs> like it's and he's like he, and he's just newly knighted too. So he's just He's looking to prove himself. Cares from being a Padawan, and and yeah. here he is, overconfident, which is what the Jedi are now. Um, maybe, maybe in not influenced by the dark side of the Force, but um, very headstrong, clouded, mm-hmm. right, and doesn't make good decisions based on that cloudedness. If that makes any sense. Um, so that's a cool story, and we get to see General Grievous's lair. Yeah, which is cool. You get to see a bit of his origin story and how actually how good of a warrior he is, you know, all the well, lightsabers he's taken, and then he gets to the, then he defeats the new the new Jedi Knight in single combat, just you know? annihilates him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's cool because there's a little bit of a throwback, I think, to uh, Return of the Jedi when he traps Veeb and Fisto in. That room with that big whatever. I guess was it was a it wasn't a rancor. But it was I don't know, it's just huge. No, his, his pet or some kind, yeah. Yeah, and then they kill him and he has the same reaction. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he's all sad. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. Um we also get to see how good of a fighter Fisto is as well. Because he takes on Grievous and overmatches him kinda easily yeah. until Grievous's um Magna Guards come in and turn the tide, which is classic Grievous. Yep. It's kind of how we expected. You can't really yeah. you can't reasonably expect anybody to go toe to toe with a Jedi Master, right? Like nobody in the galaxy should be able to do that. A knight, maybe, but a master, no. Unless which of course you're, you're the opposite side, but as a Sith. Yeah, unless right? you're a Sith user or a dark side user, yeah. Um on a side note for this whole episode uh one big test for grievous yeah because count dooku basically just well if you live you live yeah, you I'm die part of you losing yeah, he the Ivan Drago. He <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you if he lives he lives um the next kind of i guess it's a couple of episode arcs is dooku captured we see i love this arc for some I do reason too. i don't no, know why great. It because you get my see... second favorite Clone Wars character in Hondo, and uh, <laughs> I know I fucking love Hondo, man. That guy is he is so funny. Alan, he gets so much better in the succeeding seasons. Like honestly, every oh. time you see him, you're gonna be like Hondo. And <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Rebels too, like he's got the best he, lines always. He's awesome in Rebels, like it's oh, yeah, so he's funny. so good. He's so funny, and he's and, just like, got the best lines. Always. It's, it's so, yeah, you're right, and it's so funny too because when we get to Rebels and Hondo shows up, he's the same Hondo. He's a tricky bastard. 
who will turn on you if it makes him come out better. But he genuinely likes people and yeah. wants to help no, people. He's but he's like, his natures. yeah, it's like yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. And he's yeah. so, like no bones about it whatsoever. He's straight yeah. up honest about it yeah. in a, the most deceitful way, which is always awesome. Um, yeah. Of course, Hand- Hondo plays both sides, trying to get a ransom for Dooku, but then is like, ah, oh, wait a minute, we also have two Jedi Knights here. Let's get a ransom. Oh. Yeah, he's just an opportunist, and it shows how smart he is too. Eh, like I really yeah. like, you know, he's like, well, if we call, you know, the separatists, they're just gonna bring their army and blow us all up. Like, you know, all that little planning in in the back there to to outsmart not only just Dooku but Obi Wan oh. and Anakin as well. Yeah. All there's at the a, same time. <laughs> well, and there's there's trickiness too because when he leaves, like when they're all having their drinks at the end of the first episode, and. uh Anakin and Obi-Wan use the Force to switch drinks. Like, Hondo drugged everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, wow, I can't be too careful. <laughs> and at the end yeah. of the episode, they're perfectly fine, and you leave going, all right, I guess the Jedi are coming out ahead of this. Next episode, in a jail cell, they're drugged. <laughs> and I think a lot of people looked at that and didn't even think about it. They just, they just happened to happen. Like, they were like, oh, okay, I guess this is what happened. So I thought that was really funny. Um, And how about Dooku, again, straight up being honest with the Jedi, telling them the truth, don't underestimate Dooku, or uh, Hondo. Anakin and Obi-Wan, underestimate Hondo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a good episode. I really like that one. Um, I love, I love that Dooku just tells the truth. Yep. Especially to the Jedi. The Republic is under control by the Sith Lord. He controls the Senate. No, he doesn't. You're lying. All right. Okay. Lies of the Sith. Yeah. Can't, can't tell. I didn't tell you. Yeah. Like, I also I, like the um, the competition they have for breaking out. Each, each is ability in the Force, like trying to one-up one another. Like, I just think it's such a good episode. And they're like, like a good arc anyway. Yeah. They're so cheeky to each other, whether it's like Obi-Wan or Anakin talking about how like this old Sith Lord is sitting in the back and he's he's old and he can't catch up and keep up with them. And uh he's just the off the hand remarks from Duke. He's like, If I were free, I'd kill you right now. Yeah. It's just so, <laughs> it's so good. It's... And then who comes and saves the day? But the person that is totally redeemed in the Clone Wars, and that's Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Like he, they do him so well. Like I know it wasn't in our uh, our watch list, but like the but the Bombad General episode, or no, not that one. The one where he's that's, with C three PO and he just keeps calling him three so. I don't know why, it. but that, that makes that's me. The, we watched those were in the first little bits in the yeah. first half I of lo- the season. I love it. That. Was a good. He calls it was three so, and yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's totally Jar Jar, but oh, yeah. they got Jar Jar right. Instead they of did. him just being like a goofy wreck of a character, like he plays a point, and they don't overextend him. Like even as we come up to the Blue Shadow virus, like he plays a part in that, and he's yeah. effective. And it's not like I I still look at Jar Jar and I go, ah, he's goofy, but he's goofy in a good way. Yeah, kind of person like, in the galaxy. And everybody else is unlucky when they're around him. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Like like as we get there, it's it's funny. And I, I I said this too. This is in my notes. Jar Jar is actually quite capable. 
Like, he destroys two tanks, they capture the third, and he disables the power stations leading to Hondo's base. Jar Jar does. Not the clones with Jar Jar. Jar Jar does. Yeah, yeah, it's all fluke, but that's the force working in mysterious ways with Jar Jar. <laughs> Earth Jar Jar. Um, speaking of Ayla Sakura, we get that. That's the next arc where we get to see Ayla kind of question things about the Jedi Order as well, and she talks about that. How she's had, like, especially with Ahsoka and her training with Anakin. Like she questions a lot of stuff that comes up with the the Jedi Order because of everything that's going on. And so it's interesting that we get to see Ayla's take on this because I think that's huge, especially when everything comes down to female characters within Star Wars. Because to me, she's one of my favorite female characters. Yeah, it's an interesting... I like how the episode starts, too, with Anakin basically almost sacrificing himself, right? Yeah. In the explosion to save Ayla and, and Ahsoka. And then Ayla trying to teach her about letting go, teach Ahsoka about letting go, because obviously Anakin's not going to be able to teach Ahsoka about that very well. Right. Um, and then they, and then yeah, I don't know. I don't really like um, this village that they beat though, with the pacifists living in the giant nuts. You know what? I kind of at first when I first watched Clone Wars, I had the same issue too. Watching it, I've seen it a bunch of times since. I'm more onto it now because you see a village that's trying to be neutral, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> and the, the the village is torn with this decision, right? You've got the elders, and especially the one elder who is very much, no, we don't want any help from anybody because then we're going to get dragged into everything that's happening. And then that turns into, well, the separatists are going to come, they're going to come wipe us out. And he's like, well, so be it. Mm-hmm. and that i hate but what makes up for that is the fact that the younger generation of this this um this race of characters i guess or this race of aliens they're like well wait a minute that's that makes no sense and we see that as the show progresses right like the kids like wait what what what's your decision here we're just gonna lay down and not do anything yeah, 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 yeah. don't tell me what to do with my life there old man yeah and, <laughs> yeah. and so they ended up helping out the Jedi because they're like, well, we have to be able to fight for ourselves. Yes, we can be pacifists. Yes, we can be neutral. But we have to be neutral on our terms, not not pacifists for the sake of being just walked over. Yeah. So I like how that goes in that progression. And I think you need a couple of episodes or a couple of watches on it to be able to get that sunk in a little bit because it does happen so quick, right? Um, pretty major. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess I just, it's more like the, I don't know. It's not that I, I i didn't like all those themes that you mentioned. I just, I don't know, for some reason it's the rolling koala okay. squirrels. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know? Um, it's goofy. It can't be. A little, a little bit. I do I like that, that uh, George Takai is the villain in this episode. Is that who it is? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, he wants to bomb, he wants to bomb the rolling squirrels. That was a cool uh, weapon. What's that? He doesn't do enough voice acting in cartoons. He's got such a distinct voice. He yeah, he does. Like an army villain in, in the Star Wars universe more often. I think he ends up being in the show again at some point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, does that 
villain return at some point? He, he might. He might. He might return. I think he does actually. I think because he does. He does get captured here, and it wouldn't be the first time that that happens. Later on in the Ryloth arc, Watt, uh, um, Tambor. Tambor. He gets captured and he's free. Tambor. Yeah, we see yeah. him in episode two. Yeah, and three. He's killed Brannigan, right? Anakin, right? Yeah, that's right. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he would be a part of the um, the Separatist, I guess, leaders there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, next set of uh, episodes is the Blue Shadow Virus, oh, which yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, maybe my favorite villain in all of Star Wars. Oh! <laughs> Yeah, he's just always so excited. Oh, oh weird, la- weird ass scientist in the oh, uh, yeah. separatist army. Um, this puts Anakin in a horrible, posi- horrible position, right? Because a Ahsoka gets trapped underneath with this virus, but so does Padme. Yeah, and we see Anakin panic. Maybe really well. I guess for the second time, we see him panic with the malevolence arc where she comes out of hyperspace and she's there and Anakin's like, what are you doing? Uh, same thing here. And Obi-Wan, there's a scene there where when Anakin panics, Obi-Wan looks at him. He says, like, he says Padme, not Senator Amidala, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Obi-Wan looks at him and he's like, what? what? Like, wait a yeah. minute. I sound so, too familiar there, buddy. It's, yeah. again, when this Obi-Wan show comes out, we need to see more of that. Like him going, oh, and and just why did I let that go? Why didn't I pursue that? Why didn't I find out more about it? Right, because we know eventually Obi Wan knows that that's a thing. It's so obvious, especially throughout this show. So, and you you got to think at some point C three PO, CISO or three so would uh, <laughs> would would drop a bomb here about Anakin and and uh, Padme. Um. What I didn't like about this arc is Anakin and Obi-Wan going to this planet that is is controlled. Yeah, it's just, to me, that got really goofy. I did like the kid who kind of reworked all of the the droids. That was cool. But it just seemed like a treasure hunt in this episode where they have to go and find this route. They go down, they don't really do anything, they just get it and they jump out and they're good. And then they get past the the planetary defense system fairly quick. Like there's nobody else on that planet that would have figured that out. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. Yeah. It had to be a Jedi. I was like, Hey, wait a minute. This isn't a God. It's, it's a planetary defense system. Nobody like it's, it's space travel here. People know what's up. (laughs) You think so. So that happens. And then we get into the Ryloth arc, which is huge. Because there's so much to look into, right? Cham Syndulla, the rebel of Ryloth. Hera's father? Hera's father. Yeah. What's that big, fat, blue Rylothian uh, there in... Uh, oh, what is his always name? always in the Senate. It's um, like Free... Free Ta? I think... What is his name? I thought I had it down here. Um, I guess he's like in direct opposition to that guy. Sort of. Right? They're, they're like political rivals. They are because he's he's pissed off that he's become uh, a glutton for the excesses of the Senate and he's become corrupt. 
Yes. I guess, you know, he's like uh, the symbol that all the separatists want to leave the Republic. Born free Toth. Yeah. Born free Toth. That's the, that's the senator of Ryla. And so, yeah, Cham, basically, well, like, when we start this arc, we've got the space battle with Anakin and Ahsoka fighting against the separatists in the sky to control the uh, the air. And then we get Obi-Wan and Ant- or sorry, Obi-Wan and his clone battalion landing to be able to like they've got to fight off a ton of separatists but also these cannons, right? And they have to be careful because the Rylothians, the tweet the Twilights, they're all captured and being used as slaves. <laughs> And so they can't they can't just go in. And then that's actually one of the things that they mandate right off the hop is this is not destroy. Like it's we're here to free the people. We're not destroying their planet while we're doing it. And mm-hmm. so droid poppers and and no explosives, which I yeah. thought was kind of interesting because that's the first time that you kind of see the Republic not just being oh oh weapons hot let's go yeah yeah that's true like look at look at the the very first episodes when they're on um Christophsis. Uh, yeah, they're just destroying this this capital city. Oh yeah. Like there's no bones about it. It's everybody for themselves kind of thing. And you see no civilians, but still like, ah, well, that building's falling down, big deal. So, it's I like that they do that because it makes the it well, for sure it makes the Jedi look more human. Um humans the wrong word, but Feels like it's more in line with the Jedi values, I think. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, which I thought was cool. Plus, we get to see Champ Syndulla, who they build up to be like a real big badass. And I think is this our first chance at seeing Windu in action as well? I think it is, right? I think so. And he's pretty badass with the, some of the stuff that he does. Well, and I like he's very aggressive. Like the non-canon cartoon. Yes, uh, we had you know Samuel L. Jackson reveal his his awesomeness or badassness as a Jedi when he t- takes on like an entire army by himself. Yeah, I do. Yeah, remember. that is pretty cool. That's he's the scene where he's like on the mountain, metal. right? He's just yeah. punching through the yeah. metal droids and stuff. Yeah, I gotta watch that again. That was a really good show. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird that they said it was like yeah, it was just two straight. It was just two small episodes, and they were, they were pretty quick. Yeah, they happened right before episode three, right? It's kind of like the staging. Well, it goes uh, right into it because the attack on Coruscant, and then the yeah. end of it is the start of episode three. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is which is cool. Um, so we get to see the first episode is again Obi Wan trying to get past. They're the defenses, and they've got to be careful. We get to see two uh, clone trooper heavy focus in this episode, Waxer and Boyle, who end up meeting a small Twi'lek uh, girl named Numa, mm-hmm. who initially they were like, well, she must be orphan, but she's not, I guess, because she meets up with some sort of relative that's super happy to see her at the end there. So I'm guessing that was her dad, but whatever. Um, they yeah right exactly so i just i like that they focused on the clones and something like this because you almost get two different versions of the clones right waxer is very protective of her and is very no we need to stay with her and we need to make sure that we protect her and boyle is like no like she doesn't want to be with us let's just leave her alone and let's go 
I'm trying to keep you alive and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I like that they have that different view. And again, it shows that the clones are so individual for them being clones, which should be all the same, but they're not. And that's what's awesome about the Clone Wars. And why, when we were all kids and we heard Obi-Wan say, oh, yes, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars, we were like, what's the Clone Wars? <laughs> so they ended up saving the girl. They uh, they get through. They destroy the, um, the cannons that were kind of keeping Mace from landing his troops and getting support to the Twi'leks. Um, in Liberty over Ryloth, this is where we get to see Champs and Dula for the first time and Mace do his thing. And what's awesome about this episode is Mace is so smart in the way that he does things. Because when they discover where the Separatists are kind of moving, you get you see the droids there and they're on the top of, I guess, like a, a I don't know, a dugout shell area where there was destroyed ships and stuff like that. The clones are like, why didn't we attack him? And Mace is like, I think I think that job will be done by somebody else. And then blaster fire, and then Cham's there. And the, you, your question, you're kind of like, for us who we've all seen everything in the future with rebels and things like that, we're like, oh, it's Cham. This is gonna be awesome. Oh wait, he's like, why should I help you guys? And then that's the, like kind of the end there, and you're like, oh, oops. <laughs> so it might not be as easy as it was, but. We get to see that Cham is very, very all about his people, but doesn't trust Orn Free Ta because he's a politician and it's all about Orn Free Ta. Yeah, I guess his goal is to keep his, his people completely neutral, right? Orn Free, Orn Free Ta or Cham? Or Cham. Yeah, Cham is for sure. But the yeah. thing is, though, Ryloth is part of the Republic. Because yeah, Ormfruta is your senator, so he's in the Senate. They're, they are a part of the Republic. I think, is it is it neutral, or is it the fact that he views the Republic as also being oppressive? Probably. Because he says at one point, Master Jedi, when, when we are liberated, how long is the Republic going to stay there? And Mace even says, oh, I don't know, it could be a few rotations or something like that. And he's like, oh, interesting, how long before I'm fighting you? And you're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, delicious politics. Heels, yeah. your thoughts on politics in Star Wars? Oh, I love it. Keep bring it on. See, but, you now, know, without the politics, we wouldn't have all these wonderful conflicts to watch. I agree. Yeah, this exactly. is well, you know, again, this... it's not the politics I hate. It's the it's <laughs> when it becomes the primary story of the film, and there, I understand this that that the politics is the background. To what the Star Wars are about, I just don't feel like it should be the only story being told. I think the Clone Wars does a good job of mixing yes. the two. I agree. We do definitely have a lot of three story arcs. That and, are just and I will say, so far from what I watched the Clone Wars, they do a fantastic job of intertwining the political conflict against the war that's driving it. Yes, because the political conflict is the background to everything that's going on. Right, right. I, and I agree with that. I think, I think heels. You are correct when you say, when we look at Phantom Menace, when we look at um, the Attack of the Clones, when we look at Revenge of the Sith. It is very, very political focused, and 
it could have been done better. And we all agree that the prequels, as much as for sure me and Matt love them, politics was probably a little heavy and could have been lighter. But whatever. You know, we got what we get. We got what we got. A little bit more off screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. So, um, Cham decides to join up with Mace and they talk with Ornfree Tom. We see the conflict between those two because they are political rivals. And we do get, like, Ornfree Ta is, you can see right off the hop, he's jealous of Cham because people like Cham. People don't really like Ornfree Ta. And Cham's in a position where he could fight for that power that he has, which is a huge thing within Star Wars. That political rivalry kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Uh, I mean, I guess we don't really see any of that long. going forward, right? No. I don't think so in the future episodes of the Clone Wars. Not but it as is far nice as these... to see it's not so black and white between separatists and republic. I guess you know. Well, we we get a major arc later on when Ahsoka, and I think it's just Ahsoka actually. She goes with Padme to a separatist world. Yes. And there's that... Padme's advisor or something. Yes. Right? It's, yeah. No, no, not Padme's advisor. One of Padme's friends who was a separatist. Mm-hmm. And Padme understands that there's two different sides to the same coin. Yep. And so does the political rival or ally, I guess, in this case, when they were trying to set up like a meeting between the separatists and the blah, blah, blah. blah. That's getting way ahead of ourselves. So there is more of that kind of, like I said, two sides to the same coin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, super Jedi move. They've got to cross. They've got to cross over this plasma bridge, and Obi Wan just tosses the clones. Yeah. Or sorry, Mace. Yeah, just tosses the clones half or three quarters of the way over the bridge in order to secure it. And yeah. They just barely grab the make it to. And Mace is like right at the front and just drops, but climbs up the the different I guess vehicles that are dropping in the air and. Yeah. You and like you had said, because he's so aggressive, he jumps onto one of those flying I, I guess Skeeter things. And just stares the droid in the face as he as he grabs its hand and quickens the uh, the vehicle <laughs> like he's like here we go for a ride. Yep. There's him with his dark side ability that he can just do. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they get across. They destroy the the separatist uh, troops. They open the bridge. Cham's group comes in. They liberate all of the, the Twi'leks there. And um, capture Wat Tambor, who decides to not listen to Dooku at all and completely underestimate Mace. <laughs> yep. And his droid the whole time is like, no, yeah, we should go. Yeah, and then his droid just pieces out later, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he does. He gets, he's like, get my ship ready. Jumps yeah. on it. And as he's leaving, then Tambor comes out. He's like, oh, my ship. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's funny uh, that they have like these these droid leaders that have these personalities in the well, Clone Wars. You know, it seems to me like those should have been reserved for like actual people for some reason, rather than a droid. Well, it's funny that you say that because like there's two of them that I can think of. There's this one 
who I think has other arcs in the show because of Wat Tambor being captured. And so there's this one, and then there's the other one that was leading one of their ships, and then pieces out as they're losing. He like escaped pod and go. It could it could actually be the same one, really. Yeah, it's all the same model. Yeah, and the like, model does appear several times throughout the show as a general. It's funny because you see how inept some of the separatist leaders are. Like obviously, um, what's his face? Ah, oh. he's in. I think he's in charge of like, uh, not the banking clan, but oh, um, the yeah, guy like that it, always wants to kill Amidala. Yes, Newt Gunray. I, Newt Gunray. Like you see, he's just. The most absurd character. He's always wrong. Never gets anything right. He's so lucky that he ever gets out of anything. Yet he's there at the end. Revenge of the Sith. And he's the last guy that Anakin kills. Yeah, he's hell-bent on getting Padme for whatever reason. Well, he's, he's held onto that grunge ever since episode or Phantom Menace, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which is so funny. And he's like, you're right. He's just dead set on killing her. Like, even in episode two... Right at the end there, he's like screaming at her, get her, kill her! Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, she will die. But uh, yeah, it's just funny because you see so many of their 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 leaders just be like Dooku, or not Dooku, um, Grievous at points is just can't do anything right, and he's tested by Dooku at some point. Well, if the Jedi win, the Jedi win. If they don't, you, okay, you back in my good graces. Same thing with uh, Ventress times when she's overconfident and and she loses out on her spot and eventually of course is told by uh palpatine that she's gotta die which is interesting because that is his test to dooku right that's later on right yeah yeah that's that'll be in the next couple of seasons but it's uh i like i like the way that that goes yeah they do show it's so good and it only gets better now because it's only going to get darker yeah, because yeah, after we get through all the second season episodes, then it was no longer on the Cartoon Network anymore. Or uh, was it Disney Kids? What was it on before? It was Cartoon Network. Was it the Cartoon Network? Yeah. Yeah, just before Cartoon Network got dark. Mm-hmm. And then they, they brought it and they were done with it. And then it was on at 9 o'clock at night or something for season 4 and 5 and 6. Yeah. So it became a lot darker. So that's the end of season 1. Only two episodes to get through it. That's actually not that bad. Well, yeah, I mean, we did watch like 20, 20, I guess if you just go by the numbers. I think there's 22, including the movie. Yeah, I have 24. Oh, maybe 24. On a website. That includes the movie and some of the episodes from season three. Right. Yeah. Right. And then episode 25 in the order is season episode 201. So now up next for us, we are going to be starting season two. And what's nice is we are almost out of, I guess, the the order for chronological, kind of. Like season two, season two is a lot more messed up than anything else. Three's because, pretty, three's actually pretty messed up too. Oh yeah, that's right. It is too. Season four is basically where it's episode one and go. Yeah. From there on, there's I think one there's only episode. one episode out of order after season four starts. And then yes. season seven is actually out of order. Yes, that is correct. 
Yeah. Because it's I think season one or season seven starts at number five. But uh coming up next week, we are gonna get right into season two. Uh and uh it's an awesome arc because this is where we look at the children of the forest. Because we're gonna be introduced to a whole new villain. And he's one of the most badass villains that we have, which I think is cool. I don't know how you feel about Cad Bane. I like Bane. Yeah. I I want, and we don't, I really want to see him in some of those TV shows in the future. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Because he would be a good bounty hunter to have in as a villain in those shows as well. What's his status as far as canon goes? Because I don't know if he's dead or not. He doesn't get killed in the Clone Wars, and I can't think of any mention of him being killed in any of the other movies at least i don't know about comic books and books that's a different story that would be a different story but uh you know what boba fett kills cad bane at some point i think that's right right that's how boba fett gets his reputation like he's building his reputation throughout the clone wars but i think after the clone wars is over boba fett kills him i think you're right but we don't know how and why so that could be a totally uh, I wonder cool thing that they could show us in some season of whatever Boba Fett show or I don't know. It could even be during Obi Wan's show. You know, if there's some that would kind be of cool. some kind of bounty hunter search for Obi Wan or missing Jedi, could be done on that show. Because I think that falls into approximately the right time period. Well, and you could because we don't know how old his his um species lives right yeah. duros so you could easily have him show up which would be kind of cool huh interesting yeah he's but, he's one of the best villains for the clone wars that's for sure and he's one of the very, most very uh, likable he's a he's the best bounty hunter capable too he's not yeah. just a, a goofy character really he's smart, very yeah calculated he's, yeah excellent hat <laughs> excellent hat yeah <laughs> There you go, boys. Uh, anything else to add as far as what's uh, going on for next week on the clone uh, with the Clone Wars and uh, us? Nothing new for me. No, I don't think so. Then uh, I think that's about it. Wrap this up as uh, we let, head into the beginning of September, and we're just uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the pod, just a few weeks away from the start of the Mandalorian, which is going to give us a whole bunch more to talk about. Yeah, I wonder if we can get our Clone Wars episodes all done by by the end of that, or by the start of that. Well, if we're doing, try and aim for that anyway. Well, and if we're if we're getting at about two episodes per, we should be close. Mm-hmm. It'll be very. Maybe cool. I'll go crunch some numbers after this and figure out the optimal amount of episodes to watch so we can do it. Hey, heels, you ready for that? Absolutely. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not the least. <laughs> okay, boys, we'll call it here. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure if uh, you get a chance, you can hit us up on Twitter at uh, Pod Racers, um, and let us know what you guys want us to talk about. Because as we're filling in all this stuff and we're getting into Clone Wars, we're going to get into Rebels, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll we'll see what Matt and Heels feel on uh, doing Resistance. <laughs> I've already watched it. I know I'm start. I have started season one. I don't mind it. It is slow watching though. So Ooh, slow. Wait. Season two is way better. I've heard that too, and I hear there's like some Sith history. A little bit. 
Which and then is some, there's a really cool Mandalorian type uh, bounty hunter character too that I really liked. That I would have liked to have seen in Mandalorian. Them. I could I could like to see them explore that character more. Let's just that say would that. be dope. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. We'll see you next week. Uh, Heels, what's your uh, your social media tag, buddy? At uh, Yogi. And Matt. At Kiho K E Y H O H. I wouldn't even bother. He w- he's not going to answer you back. No, probably not. I haven't been on Twitter in, I don't 13, know. In 13 years. We'll see you later. Have a good Look us up, buddy. Everyone, stay safe. Watch Star Wars. Get at it. Pitter patter. Let's watch more Star Wars. All right. Wakanda peace forever. out. Wakanda forever. Yes. Wakanda we didn't forever. even mention that. Big shout out. How horrible is it? Um, Chadwick Boseman passing away 43. Yeah. That's crazy. Makes you look at your morality a little bit, eh? Yeah. Well, there we go. We'll leave it at that. Wakanda forever. We're out. (laughs)